You are listening to Rags to Resale, the podcast for career resellers or anyone who wants to amp up their online resale business the right way. Now here's your Posh Pro expert, Megan Morris. 2022 was a big and transformational year for Poshmark with the emergence of Posh Show Lives. We were among a very small group of beta testers for the lives, and it was the Wild West. Really cute. See the ruching at the bottom? No bundling for shipping, no bookmarking, no precedence, and very few rules and regulations. There was an emergence of some, shall we say, heavy hitters, like the Posh Kings, who were already gaining fame on WhatNot and other platforms, among others. Lauren Pluna is in the lead at $18. People clamoring to join, either to get into the tray as a seller or to grab a pair of Lululemons for crazy low starts. Regular poshers complain of long wait lists to become a live seller and a huge drop-off in the algorithm for regular closet traffic. So the question remains, is posh shows a good thing or a posh fad? It's February 8, 2023, and this is our special edition of Rags to Resale. Our series, Posh Famous, takes a look at the cream of the crop. Those that rise to the top with the most viewers in their shows. And we ask how, how and why are these people so posh famous? Our first posh famous guest, Erka Nine. Always with 70 to 100 buyers clamoring for her palette unboxings every morning. We caught up with her and her equally famous teenager helper on their vacay in Florida. Hey, Erka. Are you outside? Are you somewhere warm? Yeah, we're finishing up a vacation. (laughs) We're on an island in Florida, yes. Oh my gosh, lucky, lucky, lucky. Um, We are in negative two degrees in Chicago, so very different situation. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm not (laughs) looking forward to heading home to Ohio, not to this, to this. Yeah, right? (laughs) Okay, so what we're going to, so this is, and I don't know if you've ever seen or heard any of our other stuff, but we do um, a podcast called Rags to Resale, and we're doing a series called Posh Famous. And the idea is that these new posh shows, you go in and you see the shows, and there's some with two, and there's you or me with 80 to 100. How? How are you doing that? What is the secret to your success? You're fun. You have high energy. You know, they just like our shows and people are coming in every day trying to figure out how to get people to their shows. There's obvious things, you know, as you're flipping through shows and and trying to decide where you're going to shop today, maybe it's just that you flip through and poor lighting or there's too much clutter or it's. You know, so there's all these different things that are factors in creating a show that people stay and and shop. What is it? What do you think you did just guessing or what do you think you did very specifically that created that that success for you? Well, I think the things that you mentioned, like the clutter and the lighting and all those things are the basics. Like you have to have those basics. You have to have it a pleasant atmosphere. Uh, you know, kind of like a, a fun area, and you have to have those basics. Yeah, it has to be pleasant to look at. Right, it has to be pleasant to look at. Otherwise, they swipe out right away. So those are just expected, right? Um, and then, of course, they want to see a show. Like these live shows are called shows for a reason. So everybody, I feel like that has like a little bit of a different edge. You know, like you have your background as marketing, people are like, Oh, Megan, you know, what does she have to say? Or, you know, I have my teenager, like, it doesn't have to be a gimmick, because it's really part of who you are and part of your, you know, 
persona anyways, but it just like highlights your, you know, capability and what they come to see. And then of course being consistent, like you can't be late to shows. You can't, you know, you can't be like canceling shows and canceling orders and this and that. So just those basic business expectations have to be met but then you also have to entertain them um you know i usually remind my regulars about my shows or if i have something different i'll put it on there um i started out writing down everybody's names um you know like if it was a, a call name and then they constantly shopped for me i started calling them by their real name and they really yeah. liked that you know just like little things that keep one or two more people this show one or two more people next show um and then you kind of have like that 20 or 30 people that are always in your show and you also have like 20 or 30 people that are always in your show and they're always watching and they don't buy anything but yeah. that's okay you know that it's just like you build yourself an audience that way and i had uh, i had a lady recently buy from me and she's been I mean, I've been running shows for maybe like three or four months and she bought from me very recently. And she said, I, I thanked her for being a new buyer and she, or new watcher. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I watch you all the time. I just bought from you. So she was watching me for months and she just recently bought from me. So I guess it's like consistency and those little also, things. What, they, what you have may, you know, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I do need that or, you know, right. Like or they've gotten a new job and they feel like they can spend more or whatever it is. Right. And then people fall off too. I've had, I had a buyer that was consistently buying to the point where I was like, wow, she's just a zillionaire. She's just got unlimited funds. She just shops crazily right. and thank goodness for her. Right. So, you know, I take special care to, to talk to her all the time and, you know, I give her extra things and all that stuff. And uh, she sent me a long note saying, I, I'm addicted to posh shows and I have to stop. Like she actually sent me this note, like I can't shop anymore. This is a huge problem. Like she probably, I, I could imagine, like she must just get 18 things in the mail a day. And, you know, at a certain point you're like, what am I doing? You know, and there is an addictive element to this. I know that there are people that come in and they just enjoy my show for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason they're, you know, they're asking about my kids, they're asking what's behind me They're, you know, and you do realize there are lonely people out there. There are people that are just for whatever reason, they're alone in their home or they have, you know, nothing going to do that day or whatever it is. And you're providing more than shopping. You're providing a friend, mm -hmm. you're providing someone to talk to your family. A family, a crew, um, a sense of belonging. There's so much more potentially that we're offering people that you don't realize, you know, and it's the same as a TV show. You know, people get to know certain hosts or, you know, Kelly Ripa or whatever it is. And you have to be, there's that je ne sais quoi of what, what is it about you that makes them feel comfortable and happy and enjoying it, you know, and I see in your shows and I get comments in my shows that this is my favorite show. I love it here. This is wonderful. You know, and you realize that there's just more going on than just, okay, what do you have to sell? I want it. Now there's other people that are, you know, and you have to have that balance of 
I want to entertain these people, but there's the other people that just want to see, clothing, get it done. So um, I think what we do, and I think you do it well, um, is not easy. It's a, not an easy task. And it's not just about what they see visually. Then there's all of the background, you know, the shipping, the the cleanliness of the items, that all of that stuff that if you don't deliver then it's almost like a false persona that they they perceive. So, and there has been some of those, you know, if you miss, like if there's something dirty on something or you miss it, they're like, hey, you promised, you know, there's more than just you were a store that I bought from and I'm unhappy with my product. It's like you, there, there's a, you know, how dare you? Or I- Yeah, sense of responsibility. Of yeah, right. exactly. Um, okay, so tell me- um, Tell me about your the beginnings of of Posh shows for you. So, how was your before? Let's do the the before Posh shows and the afterlife of Posh shows. What were you doing on Posh? How was how were you making money? Were you a, a successful Poshmark seller? And then what happened to you when Posh shows became a thing? So, um, in twenty. 20- 22 January 2022 I left my job to pursue this full-time of course I sell on other platforms too um I had about 300,000 followers on Poshmark at that time and I was equally doing good business between Poshmark and eBay and so with Posh um I was like well maybe I should try these Posh shows I had the perception that everybody that was following me would get a notification that I went live and so I'm thinking you know, I have 300,000 followers. I've been on Poshmark for six years. This is a good time. I didn't really realize that not everybody would be getting the notification. But the fact that I had a lot of followers kind of pushed me to like try out these shows. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can do it. And I had a friend that was like encouraging me. And she's like, you should do this. So I'm like, I'll just try it. You know, it can't hurt. I didn't really realize I mean, I always knew that Poshmark wanted a social selling platform, but I didn't realize to what level of social this part of the platform would be, right? Like we, you know, we knew that the sharing in the Posh community was always like a big factor of why people are shopping on Posh, but this like took it to the next level. This took it to the next like 10 levels because people are like, you know, really enjoying the social aspect. And I also feel like, you know, from Facebook comments and things like that, people are uh, that are not doing shows by choice or because they have not been approved, they feel like they're missing out because there's a lot of animosity for some reason towards successful uh, posh shows. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. I feel that too. It's true. It's true. Well, there's, so there's this huge wait list. And I think there's a problem. There's a there's a a leveling off problem that not only the algorithm has, but that Poshmark has to weigh for the sellers that are already doing it and for um, the weight of the algorithm. You can't you just can't allow all of these people to flood in and all go live it probably i i'm certain it couldn't handle the the depth of it so they have to do it in stages as they've been doing i was in uh the beta test the very beginning of posh shows um i spoke at uh posh fest we were i was one of the closet consultants down at posh fest so there was this really the really earliest stages in 
you know, September of last year where they did not yet bundle anything. We were Yeah, I remember that we were sitting there. It was bundling for people. And then the fear of them buying it and redoing the, you know, all of that stuff. Um, And not being able to, there there were so many things. There were so many little glitches. Um, And so just traversing all of that while having this, insane moment of we're the only ones like there was a there were very few shows so you know we're sitting here and and I have a business that I'm running that all of a sudden I'm going okay do we pivot away from our website and our posh boxes and our courses I have all these e-courses that we're trying to promote and we just dropped absolutely everything Mm -hmm. and pivoted because we were making $12,000 $12,000 a month. Right. You no, know, I was like, whoa, wait, stop everything. But then you have this fear and it's still with me. Every single solitary moment yep. I turn on the show, is anyone coming? You know, is this the one that nobody's going to show up to for whatever reason, somebody else right. has a show or, you know, and, and it happened m- multiple times, you know, as the algorithm moves and changes and they try to traverse this new landscape of this many people with this many shows there it happens where you know for whatever reason your the algorithm's not hitting you that day i did notice that for a while in december november december you could see like first shows were getting all of the algorithm there was like 150 mm-hmm. people in a first show every time it was a first show right and now it's mixed now it's mixed and you can see first shows that have four people in it, you know, so it, you can see it just constantly them trying to tweak it and then just the natural algorithm taking over in certain parts. So you just never know. Yesterday I had a toy show. There was consistently eight people in it for like a half an hour. I was like, okay, you know what? Toys aren't my thing. <laughs> they just don't come right. toys for me. I've built an t- audience that wants clothes and I shut down after half an hour. It was a silent show. I didn't feel well. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm not going to sell all these things for nothing. I'm, I got to go guys, <laughs> you know? So, and, and also there's that expectation that there's going to be a zillion people in one of my shows. And then I, I'm like, I'm literally embarrassed, <laughs> you know, like I got to go. I don't want you, you have a reputation to uphold, right? You, right. Your That's shows right. are big shows. Yeah, I, I was talking to my husband yesterday. I was, and we always do this little getaway to Florida in January, but I've never had my income depend on being live in front of people. Usually, you know, I have somebody ship for me when I'm at home, and I, I still have somebody ship for me from my regular stores, but I can't be doing lives on vacation. And I said to my husband, I'm like, do you think I'll be relevant when I get back? <laughs> you know, but that, that fear is real. It's always it sticking with you because occasionally, you know, you had your toy show. I had a plus size show that didn't go very well. Yeah. So you have this fear is like, am I, you know, am I going to be irrelevant at this yeah, point done. in time? Yeah. Right. And we did too. We pivoted. You know, I I, I was running a normal reseller life. I I went out, I sourced, I listed 10 to 15 items a day. You know, I used list perfectly. I put it across four or five different platforms. I did all those things too that now stopped. And now my business looks very different. Everything that I bring into my house on Monday 
usually is out by the end of the week. There's no, you know, uh, inventory. There's no pictures. There's no this. There's no that. There's no measuring. There's a little bit of measuring. But it looks so different now. And I'm like, every day I'm like, did I make a mistake? Because if I have two or three bad shows, I'm going to have to go back to the business that's been on halt for a couple of months. Not really on halt, but, you know, I definitely didn't give it my all like I have been. So it's... Yeah, it's still intense. It's that constant monkey on your back. Like what's yeah, you're you're beholden to that algorithm. You're you're completely beholden to that algorithm and what they what they deem important. I I'll see a, a Poshmark commercial on TV and I'm like, uh oh, you know, because they it sometimes it's I sold I sell all my stuff on Poshmark and it's great, and then other times it's. I got this great thing on Poshmark and I'm always happier when it's, I got this great thing on Poshmark because when it's the, I sold all my stuff on Poshmark, you know that Poshmark for whatever reason feels like it needs more sellers coming in new fresh blood. And then I'm like, Oh, the algorithm's going to change again. You know, I just have this constant fear and worry that, you know, I'm not there. There's nothing I can do. If they decide to put me on an Island, on the algorithm island for whatever reason let's give new people a chance or whatever it is there's nothing you can do about it nothing they're com- you're completely beholden to that algorithm and what you think creates that movement and energy and it, it's ever changing so you're you have to constantly be guessing and watching and it's exhausting and and it's it's worrisome and you know that in the end all you can do is sell as much as you can. Cause you know that the one thing Poshmark cares the most about is making money. So as long as you're feeding that beast, you can assume that you're going to be okay. <laughs> you know? So um, anyway, so our segment, the segment that we're launching today is called Posh Famous because <clears throat> There is, you know, there's Insta famous, there's Twitter famous, there's people <clears throat> on these little apps all around the world okay. that have become famous for whatever reason. And for whatever reason, Erka nine and teenager, you have risen to the top of the algorithm on Poshmark and you are posh famous. So do you, and I know you, when we talked about this at first, you were like, no, no, Posh Kings is Posh Famous. This person's Posh Famous. But the truth of the matter is when you're consistently making this kind of money and doing this well on an app um, and people are coming back to you and are, are wanting to see you, you've gathered an audience worthy of being called Posh Famous. So we've deemed you, Erka, nine Posh Famous. What do you think? What do you, and teenager? Yes, I deem you posh famous. What, what do you do every day before your posh show? What do you do? What what happens? What what get made? What's your little routine? You get ready. What do you? Do? You can take it. Um, I typically get up about a half an hour early before the show, and she's typically doing her makeup and start the coffee. Um, get all the lights turned on and start adding the listings to the charts. I probably wake up a little bit earlier because I'm always adding the last couple as the show's starting. But at least it's consistent. What teenager gets up consistently, you know, to come to a job? That's, yeah. you know, that's 
Awesome. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, is like making sure you have a product that people want because you could be posh famous and you could have cute lighting and you could have cute this and that and gift card giveaways. But, it, you know, you have to have like somewhat of what people, you know, you can't have like yesterday's goods. So right. I think like the prep that really goes into it for me, um, and like you, you mentioned earlier, you know, you have your reputation to uphold. So you want to provide like the good stuff. Um, of course, you can't be like putting out Lululemon new with tags every time. But you do want to make it interesting for the buyers put in, you know, a special item here, a special item there. So yeah. that's like my biggest thinking about that. Um, and also, we like really try to make sure that uh, we kind of remember what styles or what sizes our regulars are, because if I'm out shopping or if I'm opening a palette and I see like, oh, this is an extra small business blazer and I know who likes that business blazer, then I'm calling them out in the show, you know, and then it like it yeah. becomes all tied together. Right. What's so what's he called something else? Right. And then they become more engaged, you know, and it, even if they don't end up buying it, someone else is going to end up buying it because they're like, oh, some, you know, the more people you're like involving, the higher chances of you selling is, you right. know. Yep, exactly. So, um, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about inventory. Where do you source? So you have, you said you have your palettes. Where do you source your palettes from? Where do you get them? I sourced them online. I had a friend that found like a good connection and I started buying by the pound and then I started buying new with tags. So that worked out well. I don't know if I want to keep investing that kind of money um, into the pallets just because it does get expensive. Um, but it was a good experience. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to go back to thrifting consistently for my shows or not. Uh, but I'm, like definitely going to do that um, yeah. at some point in time. Yeah. So, um, so the thing I'm finding with palettes and then even with the bins and stuff is there's there, there's the cream off the top that sells immediately. And then I keep right. this, the, whatever this light's changing for me. I'm just going to move. On. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's always, yeah. The, um, you know, that stuff that just doesn't move, you know, for whatever right. reason is starting to clog up over here. So then I try to have like a clearance sale or I try to have, you know, something to move that stuff. Or bundle. And, and yeah, and it just, it doesn't seem, you know, I'm, and I'm starting to get this glut of stuff, so, you know, that... And so just like you were saying yesterday, I ended up because I was going to do a silent with the toy show, I ended up listing a bunch of toys and items that I know, you know, will do well. Some American girl, like a stove or whatever. I've mm -hmm. listed that stuff for more money. And it got me thinking that I do need to get back into that pile of stuff and list it because those things like a certain size jean or, you know, a certain coat or, you know, something with a particular graphic on it is going to sell to someone specific, you know, that's out there in the world that may be just Googling, Google searching it and my thing will come up versus, you know, having the same people coming and needing that same type of stuff that they buy. So, so that stuff is still valuable. It's just not valuable to the people that I've attracted to my show day right. in, day out. So I need to back up, 
go back, like you're saying, three or four months ago and go, okay, wait a second. I was making, you know, three, three or four thousand dollars a month just doing that listing. And right. I'm not doing that anymore. So in theory, if I do that and this, if I somehow make a, you know, I pick a day and I'm listing again and getting my closet, you know, just maybe go up a notch, you know, not list everything that I can sell in a show, but taking those things that are more special or more specialized, say, you know, certain shoe sizes, certain, you know, like I found a Hello Kitty scrub shirt, for example, that's for a doctor or a nurse that works in pediatrics. So (laughs) that thing needs to be listed because someone might be looking for that, but it's not going to be a thing that sells in the show. So, um, we're, we're going to take a step back. I think that now we've, we, you know, we've taken this three or four month, you know, just ah run at the wall posh shows. We have to now take a step back and realize that we should not, we cannot and should not t- put our business, our livelihood in, in the hands of this algorithm so completely, you know, we have to take right. a step back and go, okay, we have to put some guardrails up here to make sure that our business survives whatever this whatever happens in the next 3 or 4 months and and that's why we started talking about doing like posh famous talking these things out with other people you know like what mm-hmm. is what are you doing what how are you riding this wave and we could come back to this in 3 or 4 months and go okay mm-hmm. now what's happened now what's going on how are we how are we functioning now? And it doesn't only help all of us that are in it right now, but it's going to help people three or four months down the road that are just getting into it to Mm -hmm. stop, you know, not step in those pitfalls that we did, you know, and, uh, and it is sort of our way of helping those people that are sitting there mad and jealous. Why am Mm -hmm. I not allowed to do it? Well, you will be. And when you do it, it won't be as hard for you. We, we paved the path. It was really hard for us, you know, and some of you will fail just because you're never going to have that thing, whatever it is, you know, like for you, you're little and petite. I mean, me too. I can fit almost anything. So you put on that little bodysuit and you try stuff on and that's really helpful to people, you know, uh, you know, you have a nice clean palette. It's white in the background. You've just got that hook, you know, it's just, it's, easy it's simple and it works you've got teenager you're calling him out all the time people love that you have someone and i i feel like with my husband too on tuesday nights when my husband's there they're like he's so cute you're so great you have such a nice son you have that's so cool that you work together and you know and it just that element of letting them into your life a little bit and just letting them see um is that thing that they feel like they're a part of it that you can't get from a TV. You know, you can't right. watch a show on television and Anderson Cooper talk back. That doesn't happen. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. It makes it a show for real. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what you said, I, I, I'm not a super confident person. So I was not going to take all my eggs and put it in the Poshmark basket. So I told myself, I'm like, you're gonna list in your stores 20 items a week, no matter what. I used to list a lot more, right? My goal was 70 to 100 every week, depending on what we had going on. But I was like, at least 20 
no matter what. So I started Posh Shows, I think, in the middle of November. And so Christmas was coming up. This is a big time for resellers, right? But I'm still listing. Like, I'm, you know, I was feeling my way around with these shows, but I'm like, no, I'm still going to list in my stores. And I really think that helped me through the Christmas season. So I'm still listing 20 items a day. However, those items have changed because I am like you now realizing that, that you know, Hello Kitty Scrubs is not going to sell on. I, I, I ordered um, some athletic clearance. And so they they were plus size Clarence. I ran a plus size show, and I only had somebody ask for four X. I sold these shorts for five dollars. The exact same pair of shorts because I had multiples of them sold for thirty eight on another platform to another buyer. So I realized I'm like, there's only one four X shopper in my show. Nobody else is gonna. So why am I putting some of these you know unique? Uh, items in my shows when I'm only going to have one shopper. So now when I'm picking something up or when I'm like going through the stuff, I'm thinking, am I going to have like two or three people bid on it? Because if I don't have two or three people bid on it, then, you know, it's going to be like, a well, now I do $8 start. So now it's only going to be an $8 item. And sometimes that's fine. Sometimes it's not a big deal. But sometimes you're like, I definitely know this vintage sweater or this Hello Kitty's uh, scrubs or these athleta oversized shorts someone is going to pay premium dollars so now i'm very like you know cautious about putting that pile aside to list yeah, i i know and i i've been trying to do that i had uh my husband he goes out and he does a tim bundle that's like one of our little shticks on tuesday uh-huh. night and he goes out and he does a bundle. We on Tuesday nights, I I sell other people's stuff, and we can talk a little bit about that. We sell other people's stuff, and I do every few minutes. I'll do a bundle, and I as it as people bid, I add more things to the bundle. So mm-hmm. for two dollars, you're getting a whole other shirt if you're bidding it up, and they do really well. So you know, some days they they don't sell. Like you can tell that you've got just people in there that are only there to sell their stuff and nothing selling. You know, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. I don't do the bundles when that's happening, but mm-hmm. we put the stuff in and Tim will sometimes go out to do his Tim bundle and come back with something that I'm like, I didn't want to sell that. You know, <laughs> you know I don't want to sell it that way. And so I've lost some things to the Tim bundle situation. Uh-huh. I just throw, I, I mean, part of it is just stick. Like, I don't know what he's going to come back with. And then when he comes right. back, I'm like, Oh no, Tim, this is for Not that. Oh, yeah. Not that. <laughs> the, the, the buyers get excited because right. He, he's an unknown element and he doesn't know brands or anything. So, Uh you know, they bid up because, you know, it's like, Oh my God, he, he grabbed the wrong thing, you know? So they Uh grab for it. So it usually works out okay, but probably not as well as if I had listed it for a hundred dollars, you know? So, but still, there's an element of them coming back because they're like, Oh, last time I got this amazing deal on Tim's bundle. What's he going to pull out now? Exactly. So, yeah. So it's kind of fun, but you know, there's just those kind of things we're doing all the time, thinking of ways to get them engaged. You know, we're doing, right. I do the shining star. We feature 20 people, 20 items from one person uh, as a shining star every Tuesday. So like people can win that. And you know how frustrated they are sitting there trying to get you to put one thing in at a time. So, which I would hate that, you know, and then it doesn't sell. You sit there waiting for an right. hour and it doesn't sell. Um, so they get 20 things unencumbered into the show and it's like their show. And then we've been thinking even more about maybe expanding that to an hour and letting people, you know, pay for my 
consultation services to get, Mm -hmm. you know, on the show and, and use me to help them get on the show, because there's always Mm going to be that glut of waitlisted people. Well, it's not just the waitlisted people. I've had quite a few people that were shopping for me that started their own shows after a while that now are texting me saying, I can't do this. You guys made it look so easy, but this is not for me. I've had like three or four people already. My consistent buyers that I talk to, they're like, it's just not for me. You know, they've made it through the process and it's just not what they thought it was going to be. Well, I'm sure... I know I did it yesterday when you're sitting there looking at four people and nobody's buying anything. You're like, what am I doing? Right. Right. What am I doing? You know, and, right. and when you, for whatever reason, can't get people into your show, you know, that's a problem. And it, like my, my Poshmark courses, they help people with the algorithm do things to improve their listings, improve mm-hmm. their shopping experience, improve um, the palette of their closet. But now you know, you really do need all of that, that new information about posh shows, you know, to make that a thing. I was in somebody's show the other day and I was like, she sent me a note and she was like, can you send people to my, your, my show after you? And I said, I said, you have to get away from that window. There's a window behind her Mm -hmm. and the window, and I'm doing it right now that I'm saying, but the window is behind her and it's the whole, everything here is black and dark, you know? And I was like, you have to, so all she, then I see her another day and she just has a sheet up. So it must be the only spot she has, but it's not, that's not helping, you know? And it's, and it's, if someone comes into that show and sees all that darkness, they just move right on and you know, that's what's, and they don't even realize it. So, you know, this kind of conversation helps with that. You know, what do you, what are the basics? What do we have, you have to do to even have a shot at making this work, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that's why we want to reach out and talk to everybody that's doing it well and doing it right. And, and really it comes down to, it's, it's you, it's your personality, it's your teenager, it's your, you know, it's all the things. So besides having the right lighting and the right products it may just be you you know and then what we can't really help them is that that's the truth of the matter you know they can mimic it as much as possible but if they're not you I mean for me I have 30 years of understanding of this I had a production background I had marketing digital background I mean I have a lot of legs up on making this work and it's still hard so you know it's a really unique problem to have and to be able to rise to the top like you have is uh is a feat of nature that that at least I can tell you I understand <clears throat> that I understand and appreciate. You know, well, thank it's you. a hard thing to do. So um so kudos. Um, thank you. And I think you have to be authentic too. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. just try to like replicate or imitate or, you know, um be overly excited or whatever they try to like put on this persona and buyers sense it. I don't think they like, like that, you know, they just want you to be you. And if you're entertaining and you have like stuff going on, that's what they want to see. They don't want to see like you being somebody else. They just want to see like, you know, what's going on with your life. They want to see Megan. They want to see Tim's bundle. They want, you know, they want to be engaged in your life and they sense people being, you know, yeah. Yeah just have that authentic thing that makes it makes you you that you know draws people into your show you know and there's that 
there's nothing anyone else can do about that uh, except try to replicate as much as possible or be them their own selves. They have to find their niche, their thing that makes them special. And, you know, maybe, you know, it's not having a teenager. It's maybe having, you know, their baby on their lap or, you know, whatever it is that makes them, you know, I'm just a mom. I'm just trying to get this done. Just like you, you know, that, that feeling that they're, you know, we're all in this together is really the thing that makes, you know, past shows work, you know, is, you know, I'm doing this and so are you and we can do this together. And, you know, and that's sort of been my niche is that I'm giving them inventory. My stuff is always, this inventory is at such a low price because I I don't buy anything that you shouldn't sell. You know, you this can go in. I'm always saying, flip this, flip it. Set, I'm sending, mm-hmm. the team. you could make 80. I could sit on this for two months and make $80 to $100. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to flip it right now. You can do that. You, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't, you don't have Pashos. You sell it for more, you know. You mm-hmm. sit on it and you have a great inventory. I don't mind. And that that sort of frees them up to buy things that are, you know, that and feel like they can just re- resell it. And it's not it's not shameful. They're not buying something from me and making more money. I don't care. You know, yeah, so that's sort of my, yeah. it is a touch area. He's right. And it's you like, giving them OK. Angry that something goes like for not as much as they'd like. And right. They're going to be like, oh, you're going to flip it. I, I watched a show one time. Was, the guy was like, consecutively on each item complaining that all these people are just going to flip all the items he sold. And you just got to be happy with the profit yeah. that you're making, right? It can't. Right. Yeah. No, that's it. That's that's our thing. That's what we do. We provide a service for you. We have to do high volume because we're we're only selling things for five, eight, ten dollars at a time. You have the the time and the means to make the listing pretty and to sell it for a hundred dollars. That's your that's your thing. That's not our thing. And so when you in in a way, you're sort of in concert with your with your audience. You know, you're saying, I'm giving you this, you do what you can with it, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, well, I I agree. I think that there's there's just uh, you have to find your niche. You have to find uh, the thing that makes you special. And and being Urko nine is different than being, you know, Posh Pro Megan. I I do something completely different than you do. You know, we have elements that are the same, but I have my little things, and you have your little things, and that's that's that thing that makes us unique. You know, and everybody else has to find that in their own way, too. But there are consistent things you do that, you know, having good product, having good lighting, having a good energy, you know, those things we can tell tell them about and try to help them as best we can. And that's what we're doing here today. So so anyway, we, you know, we've deemed you uh Erko Nine, a posh famous person. You have a lot to offer. Your shows are fun and exciting and you've got teenager and who you know, no one else has teenager and we appreciate you for that. Have a wonderful vacation. We appreciate you for being here. I know that, you know, we are all so busy. So just to take the time to help our our watchers and our listeners is so, so nice of you. We appreciate you so much. Have a wonderful vacation. This Thank is you. Rags to Resale, Posh Famous Edition with Irk and I. We'll talk to you soon, you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful trip. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, teenager. We'll be listening for you.
<laughs> Tips, live events, contests, celebrity appearances. Don't miss a moment. Follow Posh Pro Project on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube and check out our e-learning courses for resellers at poshproproject.com.